Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 2017 Pick and Pod edition. My name is Mir Gori. I am partnered with... Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks so much for having me manage. Thank you so much. Uh, I've been actually waiting for this moment for about two years. I'm really excited about it, and I'm glad to be joined by somebody so experienced in basketball as Reed. You know, I feel like, you know, us basketball junkies usually get tired of hearing people who don't know much about basketball making ridiculous claims. And I know the one guy who's not going to make the most ridiculous claims without any founded, you know, factual-based information to back up that argument would be read right so that, that's funny you say that because i get the exact opposite from a lot of other people well but. the thing is a lot of people don't know the nba because they don't want to watch 82 games but anyway thanks so much i think it was john furlong that picked out the song to the, for the intro of the pod i really like it um so thanks john if it was you who come, came up with it or whomever it's nice and, no it's real cool and we also have my buddy charles maizano as uh, as the producer and also a sea host if he wants to you know chat in what's up guys how you doing Thanks so much for being on, man. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm excited for basketball season to start. Let's get it going. Yeah, I can't wait. So the first thing I want to say is, wow, that was a great summer. I mean, as a Thunder fan, this this summer couldn't have gone better, right? It's it's such a the opposite of what happened the summer before when Kevin Durant left, or he who should not be named in my you know my <laughs> my life. But you know, I know on this pod, I, I need to be at least a. A, a little less biased, so I'm going to try to be fair about things. But, you know, the Thunder were absolutely outstanding. And, Reed, what did you think about this summer? What was the biggest thing that you loved to see? Well, I think Paul George getting traded to the Thunder was the most surprising just because le- everything leading up to that was, okay, he might go to the Cavaliers. No, they need to find a way to get him to L.A. No one ever said Thunder. Wasn't even in the conversation. All of a sudden, he ends up going there, which, as we know, NBA free agency is a giant domino effect, right? Paul George goes to Thunder. All of a sudden, now the Thunder, that's how they get Mellow, because Mellow wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Paul George being there. Right. And the entire uh, balance of power shifts ever more to the Western Conference with this move as well. So I'm excited for it. I wish it would have happened the other way. I think the East needs more teams, but I'm, and I think, I think there shouldn't be a, a team in Oklahoma City. So, oh my God! Why not? Should I have put this guy on the pod, well, Charlie? No, no I, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, mean that, what's going on? Here? I don't mean that. Be, is I, this a mutiny? No, I don't mean that because of the the city itself. I think the NBA should. Oh have, no, you can say it about the city itself. No, I'm never, from there, so I, I understand. I've never, I've never been to Oklahoma City. I just, I have to look at the NBA and I have to see it as a league that would benefit more if it had about eight less teams or six less teams. All right, well, we're starting the pod, I guess, with a bang. <laughs> Reed really wants to grill me after I complimented him, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. We all have our. It opinions. wasn't a personal attack on and, you. It's something I've and, always said. And, you know, thought... it's okay. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let that one slide this time. You know, but just remember, Charlie's on my side. So if you turn on me, you're turning on both of us. But anyway, or I don't know, Charlie. Maybe you can speak to that and say no comment. But you know, whatever. Um, okay. So <laughs> the the big thing that I took away from this summer actually was was yes, the Oklahoma City Thunder. But the trade that I thought that really shocked me um, was the Carmelo Anthony trade because actually. Um, because I know so many people in the Thunder organization being from the area, being really into sports for so long, and having a lot of my buddies from high school being part of the organization, I kind of knew a lot of information going in and out, but I never really you know, figured out if, if, if this was going to be real or not. But the shocking thing to me was the Carmelo Anthony trade because I had heard for a long time Enos Cantor's on the trading block and the guy that they're kind of looking to put the, the place where they want to send him to is the Knicks. But the thing is that the Knicks weren't sold on just Enos Cantor, but when that second round pick looked so good from the Bulls and then Doug McDermott looked pretty good, 
I think that's what really pushed the the Knicks over the edge. And of course, the, the devaluation of Carmelo Anthony. So for me, that was the biggest thing that 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 just shocked me about the summer because the Paul George trade was a complete shock. But the thing is, is that. At least I didn't know about it. But the, the Carmelo Anthony potential to coming to the Thunder was something that I just thought was just so outlandish because Carmelo Anthony, before really Russell Westbrook became a star, was my favorite player from when I was about eight years old. So he was the guy that I always idolized. I even remember when he came to the Oklahoma City Hornet games, when the Hornets were in Oklahoma City during Hurricane Katrina. And, 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 and I got to see Carmelo Anthony play for the Nuggets in Oklahoma City. So that was like a dream come true for me. But then to also hear that Carmelo came to the Thunder, it just, it makes my fandom for the Thunder grow even more. And I think it's already at like, you know, apocalyptic levels of how much I, I root for the Thunder. It's a little dangerous how much I love them. But I'm going to get off of the Thunder topic for a little bit and just ask you first, Reed, what were the three teams that you thought were most improved? Obviously, I think the Thunder one of them, but yeah. who else? Yeah, no, I had the Thunder as the most improved team just because in the NBA, I mean, Charlie knows, I knows, I believe this too, right? In the NBA, you can't be a good team. I don't think you can win an NBA championship unless you have at least three Hall of Famers on your team. And now I think the Thunder are a team that potentially have three Hall of Fame talents on their team. Now, yes. I, now if Paul George will not make the Hall of Fame if he retired today, neither would Westbrook. But you're saying the potential. But I, I think Melo will be a Hall of Famer one day and projecting yeah. both their careers. I think they're, they're on the line. Regardless, I also think we forget about this move because maybe he's not as flashy of a player. But Jimmy Butler going to Minnesota, I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are arguably the most improved team in the league because they're because of their depth. Like, not only do they have a great starting rotation of Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy Butler, but they have guys like Jamal Crawford coming off the bench. And, and even like a Taj Gibson they picked up who from the a, Thunder, yes, yeah. Well, he's a he's a big guy who can be physical down low, but also has that ability. To he that can get you line. quick fifteen points. Uh, yeah, they don't even need him for points. But, but I'm just saying, like, just even that, you know, having like this backup power forward, even getting you just fifteen points right there in like say a third quarter situation, that's really fun. And Jeff Teague, Jeff Teague's another great pickup. I think they had. It's just that ability to have that second unit not be the life preserver unit in the sense that, okay, let's just hold on for dear life until our starters get enough rest. No, a good second unit in the NBA, I would argue a championship-level second unit is one that at least holds the game at where it is, if not elevates it from time to time. And players like Jamal Crawford, while inconsistency has been synonymous with their careers forever, they at least can explode at certain times. If it's timed just perfectly, this team could be very dangerous to even the Warriors. So who's your third team? That, that that was kind of the most improved of the of you know three yeah. most improved teams. I Celtics. I think I think Celtics. I think you can't you can't go away from the Celtics, right? I mean, they got Gordon Hayward, who I think is just as good as Paul George. They got Kyrie Irving, who's the best point guard in the league. Now they did lose Isaiah Thomas, but I think that was a good loss for them because I don't have as much trust in him. I think as most people, they lost Crowder, who again is an underrated player. I think, but all in all, they have one of the best coaches in the league and now some of the best talents in the Eastern Conference. That is a pushover at best. You know, now it's the Cavs and who else? At least now we're going to see those two teams battle. And besides that, though, I don't. I mean, there are teams like the Houston Rockets you could have put in there. I don't think the Rockets are going to be nearly as good as people say. Yeah, because they gave up so much depth. They have Chris no Paul. depth. Yeah. And, and and that depth was what really made them great last year, I think. I mean, obviously Harden was great, but it was Harden and then a lot of depth. And so he could be, build those leads for the Rockets, and then they wouldn't lose it for him because Gordon would come in 
or, or or even Patrick Beverly did a great job on the defensive end and wouldn't give up a lot of you know offensive uh, shooting for the opposing teams. Yeah, I, I I think the Rockets need that third piece. If they're not going to have a deep bench, I don't think OKC has a deep bench either. I think no, that's going to be one no, of OKC's not. biggest problems. Yeah. And I know they had talk about moving Melo to the second unit. And a reporter asked him, he wasn't going for it. But oh, the yeah, idea that's w- not happening. But the idea would be that Melo, I think, is an, still an elite-level scorer, but his all-around game is definitely not there anymore. Right. So I think that it would actually benefit the team most if you put Melo in that second unit. He tears up, he'll tear up second units in the NBA. I totally agree with you. make up for their lack of depth. The thing is, I don't think he's going to buy into exactly. That. That's that's kind of the problem is that he's such a great player that, and he has he 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 knows he has the the potentials to be like that absolutely outstanding player. And I'm sure in a way, Carmelo has a lot of regrets in his career of moments. I don't where, think so. I I, think, I, I, I Melo's so. career is ex- went exactly the way he wanted. No, no, that's you know? fine. That's fine. But I'm saying, I'm simply saying, you know, and, and Charlie, I don't know if you want to get on this, but you know, I just really think that Carmelo at times probably thinks back on it and says, you know what, I made the choice because it made me happy, but what the the outcome really didn't go the way I wanted to. I mean, this guy's been a little unlucky. You know, he should have gone to the Pistons to begin with. Then he probably should have taken a shorter contract for his, you know, his whoa, second whoa. contract, and then you said Mello should have gone to the Pistons. Yeah, instead of instead of Darko being picked by the oh Pistons yeah, I the thought draft. you meant like in free agency. Oh no 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 like, no! What were you no, doing about no. that? Oh my, that would have that would just been a, a disaster. I mean, it would have been even if, worse. If, of a if you want to play a draft pick with this player, should have gone where the entire NBA would look differently. I mean, play, teams. Miss no no, but I'm just saying, Carmelo time. probably has. Th- this thought in the back of his mind that man, I've I've been either really unlucky or probably should have taken a three year contract on on my second contract and joined the you know the yeah, the big three. But he's not even the four. He's he's the he's only the fourth best player in his draft class. I think that's all. Yeah, I was gonna say like his it, draft it wasn't class, a lock that he was gonna go to the Pistons because you still had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh in that draft. So and or Le- LeBron came no, in, in that, that year too. I know, but I'm saying LeBron obviously no, was number one. But that, the Pistons could have went with Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh over Carmelo Anthony. No, I know, it, great, no that's coming the greatest out of, draft pick in my opinion. That's the greatest draft class in history in my opinion. I, right? I, think, I think. Yeah, so. I don't think it's hard to make. That argument, I agree with you, but I think I, I do think you guys are wrong on, on the fact that Carmelo was arguably the number two player, and for a long time it was the the, the rivalry between LeBron and Carmelo and who's going to get better. But the thing is, LeBron kept improving consistently and winning, and Carmelo, you know, despite having a probably a better roster around him initially, didn't really build off build off of it like LeBron did. The, and so then the the rivalry that they've always had has kind of diminished and it's become more of an had a rivalry. Oh yeah, they did. No, they they didn't. A- absolutely they did. That was one of the biggest I mean, headlines coming into the 2003 I that, season. I, I I don't know. I think this is this is maybe the storyline for Melo's career is that he's been a player who's always had the talent of a number one, but the mindset of a number two. I don't think Melo ever really wanted to be the guy for a franchise, the star in the sense of the responsibility that that entails. Now, I think he wanted to be the star and make all the big shots and the money and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think he had the makeup or has the makeup like a Kobe, like a Michael, like a I agree. LeBron, I don't think he Dwayne does. Wade. And I think that's the problem is his entire career, whether it's the Knicks or Nuggets, they've been trying to force him into that number one spot. Yeah, like no the guy when he's actually could have been way better as a number two. I absolutely agree with you. I'm just saying that the storyline and then him winning the national championship was that he can be the guy. He can, it's going to be him or LeBron, and one of them is going to come out of the winner at the end of their careers with more championships. Yeah, but LeBron and, was still way, way no, no, tra- way better. 
No, but I mean, it was still a rivalry because it was a rivalry even when in high school when when Carmelo was was at Oak Hill his senior year and LeBron was a junior, right? And and there was that that big televised game in high school, and then the storyline coming out of the draft was which one of these two players is going to be better. The shock pick was that Darko went to the Pistons. So anyway, we're kind of going off topic, but the, <laughs> the point the is, podcast. you know, like it, 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 Carmelo to me is is the is the biggest, you know, had the had the probably the biggest offseason as a player, and it was the biggest shock for me. But it was anyway, shocking. I, I, I did never expect to not see him in a Knicks jersey. I, I didn't see him in a Thunder jersey at all. No, me neither. I thought yeah. Houston for sure. I third that. Yeah. Anyway, so, Charlie, what what were your top three uh, most improved teams? So, for me, for, uh, me, not a specific order, but the Thunder, obviously, yeah. like we said, because you already had the MVP in Russell Westbrook. You joined him with Paul George, who's a perennial all-star, and then Carmelo Anthony, although he may be declining. Still adding him to that roster is like incredible. You also got Patrick Patterson for the bench. Uh, Andre Roberson's a really good uh, defensive player. <laughs> Free throws, though. And, and a great and a great slasher. That's another thing that Andre Roberson doesn't get enough credit for is that going to the basket, he's pretty good. The problem is that they keep forcing him, and I think it was also because of the roster construction. They keep forcing him as this three-point shooter on the Thunder. And I think this year he's going to be a little better offensively. But anyway, continue, Charlie. Richard, have you played 2K18? You, I have not gotten 2K18. Okay, so Ro- the thing about it, his free throw is so horrible that he, if you even hit a good timing, it's a 29% of chance of going in. Wow. I think for as good as his defense is, if you're a guard in the NBA and your free throw and offense is that low, I think that's going to be a big hole. He won't be able to play crunch time minutes for this team. Yeah, and I think that's okay. I'm I'm not really worried because now we have the defensive player in Paul George. But anyway, Charlie, continue. I'm sorry my second that. team has got to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Everyone's okay. saying, oh, Good they point. lost, they lost Kyrie Irving, but they still gained Isaiah Thomas, who even though he is hurt, they'll gain him in January, and he'll be a really good fit with that team. They got Derrick Rose to be the backup point guard, who I hope will get back to normal. Well, not back to normal, just back to a little bit better than when he was after he got hurt. Because before he was hurt, he was probably one of the best point guards in the league yeah I totally agree with you Charlie on that one to me the what ha- what the Celtics did was they put a lot of complimentary stars together but I think what the Cavs have done actually in this offseason with the Kyrie trade is they put an a, a, in my eyes an all-star role player type of player like Jay Crowder and they they put in you know a I think a critical player that can dominate the court in his own fashion like Isaiah Thomas in in his own way obviously I understand offensively he can do that defensively he can't but if he can get over his hip injury I really I, I'm really curious to see how the how how they fare against the, the Warriors I'm in my opinion I thought they got a little better because I think with Kyrie, For sure they did yeah because I think with Kyrie there was always this this my team your team between LeBron because and in fact, it's come out now that there was always this this kind of like underlying tension. I just think it's ludicrous, though. I mean, it's yeah, it's really LeBron's disappointing. Team. Yeah, it's really disappointing. And I understand Kyrie wants to emulate his hero, Kobe. But sometimes you have to be realistic and maybe a little less selfish and say, you know what? Let me learn from LeBron at least, because at some point this is going to be my team just because of, you know, just age. No, I think I think this I mean, for as much as I, I, I think it would have been best for Kyrie's career to stay in Cleveland. I think that it also was his time to go if he wanted to go. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I I just I wouldn't have gone is what I'm simply saying. No, I if, know. if it was time for him to go, if he wanted to go, this was definitely time. I, think, I totally agree. I think Kyrie leaving the Cavs, I wasn't happy about it, but I will play devil's advocate and make the point that 
not only is he a professional athlete, but he is one of the best basketball players in the world. And you don't get like that just be by waking up out of bed. You have this certain type of mentality and work ethic and that attitude that you want to always constantly challenge yourself. And while I'm not saying the NBA Finals or getting to the Finals were easy for him, he was at a point and is at a point in his career where he's been to the Finals multiple times. He's played more Finals games than college games. He's won Yeah, that was unbelievable. That's and he's crazy. probably sitting to himself thinking, you know what? This now it's time for me to challenge myself. Let me let me take the training wheels off that are LeBron James and let me go to a team and try to do this when I'm the head guy. So he may not be thinking, "Oh, I'm better off without LeBron," but he's thinking to own, to be better off without LeBron at one point, I need to learn to be without him. And that's the only way I'm I'm more accepting of the Celtics move and it makes the East more exciting. So yeah, I think it's a win-win for the NBA. Yeah, so to finish my point, uh, why I think the Cavs are also very improved, is also, can't forget, they got Dwayne Wade, who will be a really good asset. He's wearing number nine. Yeah, it's a little weird. Very weird. But Isaiah Thomas claimed it before he got there, and I don't think they were going to change it. And then, of course, they also got, um, who am I? I'm blanking right now. Who else did the, who else did the Cavs get? Uh, Crowder. Crowder. Oh, they also got the the Nets pick. I can't believe I forgot that. Oh, you, oh yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't necessarily improve your roster for this season. But okay, yeah. But still, it, it does improve the team. And you go to Derek Because Ro- then, actually, to go off your point, it could improve the team because they could trade that for DeMarcus Cousins. Whoever, who knows? Maybe and, they you know, had another superstar. Would they have the exactly. room for that? I have no idea. I don't know, but I mean... Because Kevin loves on the map. See, my thing is... Right. My thing is, I'm just not really sure that... I, I really like DeMarcus. I really am very, very high on him. But I'm just not sure that this pick... It, like, it's justified to, to send them the number one pick with the risk that LeBron is leaving for a potential rental of DeMarcus Cousins. Because think of it this way. If they give away the first pick, right? Right. And, and LeBron doesn't stay, then you think DeMarcus is staying? No. Obviously not, Isaiah right? Isaiah Thomas is going to be a free agent, too. And then Isaiah is going to be a free agent. I, I didn't mean, say it, it was doesn't... a good idea. I'm just saying that they could add another oh, no, superstar. No, 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 no. no, I'm not. Yeah, no, no, I know. I, I was just making the point of just my right. opinion on, on that potential and trade. I think the guy that they should trade is maybe Tristan Thompson for DeMarcus. Because I, I like the Tristan Thompson. He's coming Anthony. off the bench now. Right, and I, I just think Tristan Thompson and Anthony Davis would be a, a really good pairing if the DeMarcus Cousins-Anthony Davis pairing doesn't work. I was about work. to say better than Anthony Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Well, for <laughs> no. whatever reason, the media just wants to keep pressing the point that it's not a good partnership, and I've watched a lot of the games, and I just thought, you know, obviously these two guys can't dribble it up the court, so, you know, it's more on the guard, I think, more on Drew Holiday, and that's why I'm glad that Rajon Rondo's there, to, like, create some more space <laughs> Said in the nobody offense. ever past, what, 2009? <laughs> I, I actually really like Rajon Rondo. I mean, if Rajon Rondo hadn't gotten hurt, the Bulls would have advanced to the next round against the Celtics. You know, I, I mean, that, you that's can't a, play this would have game. I've had you say it three this three times now. This would have happened. It didn't happen. If we played, we did sports debates in what would have happened or could have happened. The entire the, the well, you Lakers can't would you have can't diminish the value. And, you can't diminish the value of a player just because of the fact that he did get injured in that game. I mean, you can still acknowledge that he has the capabilities to help a team. I love Rondo. And I think he has the capabilities, but he's nowhere near the player we used to know him as. He could never shoot, but and I he don't still think can't they, shoot. I don't he's think the Pelicans expl- need him to do that. I think, yeah, the Pelicans don't need him to do that if they want to be a competitive team in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. But they, as we all know, 
the best spot to be in the NBA is if you're not the top of the top is to be the worst of the worst. I, I'm, if I'm a Pelicans fan, I'm afraid we may get caught in NBA purgatory where our team's good enough to make the playoffs but ne- and never bad enough to get a good draft pick. Well, see, I think that actually the Pelicans should try to make the playoffs because then that could be well, good. Every means- team should try and make the playoffs. <laughs> well, I don't know. According to Reed, you either should be the top of the top. No, or no, no. If tank. you want to work the system as it is, you either try to be the best or you try to— like I'm off, Look at the 76ers. We're yet to see if those players will completely plan out, but I don't think. But at you least could they have say, talent. I don't think you can say the tanking didn't work. I mean, I think the NBA definitely should be restructured. I don't like it tanking. Did. They they just passed a rule that changes the lottery, so I, I think that yeah, that's that'll help. a step towards it. You also have my other quote unquote radical belief, but people get mad at me for that too. The I know. NBA I know your point. Its draft. My point. My point but. simply is that just if the Pelicans make <laughs> the playoffs, I think it could be a convincing point to get Eric Bledsoe this summer. And I, I really like the potential. Yeah, what did, I was just about to say the that. Warriors? Like, <laughs> well, why would it, where else would Eric Bledsoe go? No, 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 that'd be cool. Like, it's nice as okay. a free agent. I mean, where else would I he mean, go? I don't think he's really thought of that much as a big free agent acquisition. No, but the thing is, is that he could be a, a great help to the Pelicans. And, and he and he well, has a lot well, of ex- any guard will help the Pelicans. They have no guards and they have no wing players. Well, that, that's well. That, I don't know what we're arguing about. Then that's no, simply my point. No, is I'm that not, Eric Bledsoe is a good player, a good guard. He has experience with Alvin Gentry, and he would help the the Pelicans out. And he would say, "Hey, look, the Pelicans made it to the playoffs. It's a tough team, but we just got a tool, we just got a tool up." All I'm saying is, I don't think they would make the playoffs if they got Eric Bledsoe next. Oh, they're going to make the playoffs this year without Eric. Bledsoe. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put money well, on it. My point to both. I mean, guys who else is, is better than who? What the, the West? is too stacked, Mir. But are there are there eight teams better than them? The Warriors, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Timberwolves. Okay, that's four. Uh, who else? Reed, Reed, help me out here. Who else? <laughs> no, this is your point. Who are the who are the who are the seven teams? I already, I already said the obviously the I mean, Warriors, Rockets. Oh, Spurs! I can't believe. Okay, Spurs. Spurs. All right, that's the five. problem is Charlie. I do think the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, but my other point is is that they're going to make it in as like an eighth seed. And and what I'm saying is yeah, my pick is saying, eight or seven. But see, what you're saying is not wrong. Even if they get Eric Bledsoe, but what I'm saying is, why would you want that for your team? If you're a fan of the Pelicans or you're a fan of the Pelicans, do you want them to be the? Per- I was a Heat fan before LeBron came. I watched the Miami Heat go to the first round of the playoffs every year with Dwayne Wade and lose to the Atlanta Hawks every uh, year. Yeah, Joe that, Johnson. Oh, that man. was the NBA purgatory. They they didn't reach go over that hump until LeBron and Chris Bosh came. Yeah, that team. That and team could have Pel- been better. The Pelicans. <laughs> no, but the Pelicans could be in that same type of situation in that. That they're really good and they're good enough to make even maybe a first round win in the playoffs, but never good enough to win the championship. And if I'm an organization, I'm running it. I like to think that the attitude is we either win a championship or we failed this season. And so- I just think the Pelicans need to do absolutely whatever they can to convince Anthony Davis to stay. He's not staying. And Mir, what about the I Nuggets? Understand that, but- what about the Nuggets? They're, they're yeah, yeah, I know they're they're my seventh or eighth seed. The, the, them and the Pelicans. So that so now you have six teams. But but you still need to find two more that are better than the Pelicans. You don't think the Jazz? Even no, without the ja- Gordon, no, Gordon no, Hayward. No, the Jazz. No, no, the Jazz are the Jazz are not. Gonna Another city well. I think should lose its NBA team. What'd you say? I think Utah Jazz shouldn't be a team anymore either. <laughs> oh my god! I, I just I, I I really feel very highly about the Pelicans. I think they are a seventh or eighth seed even without really great guard play. I just think that Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins is a pairing that's going to work because Anthony Davis is such a uh, is such a great mover of, of the court and DeMarcus Cousins is such a great facilitator. He just hasn't been exposed enough on national television to for people to see how great of a passing big he is, but he's absolutely outstanding as a passing big and if he can dish it out to Anthony Davis a lot more in, in a more effective manner without the 
the the the paint obviously being clogged up then then they're going to be very effective the thing is the guards need to help out with that so you know that's kind of the big points on that but um you know, we, we, we just, you know, we told you um, our, our top three te- improved teams. But the next topic I'd like to get on with is uh, the teams with th- that have the most approved this season. And I guess the team that we kind of have, have mentioned is the Pelicans. I mean, they really got to prove it. You know, they, they've got to prove to Anthony Davis. They've got to prove it to DeMarcus Cousins that this pairing works. But what other team other than the Pelicans is like a team, Reed, that you think or even Charlie that, that needs to really improve or prove that they are legit a legitimate team i i gotta go with the Cavs. i think while the Cavs have been the established eastern conference team i think there will be a lot of questions about the team makeup we all may think they're a better team without Kyrie, but there are also plenty of other people who are like you know what how can you lose the best point guard or at least arguably the best point guard in the nba and be a better team so there's gonna be questions there i also think the biggest question though could be the celtics and Kyrie. The two are connected, and they're going to be connected for at least five years now, I think. And I think the Celtics, and Kyrie in particular, is going to need to prove that not only can he sustain a superstar like Status when he's the focal guy, even though he'll have Gordon Hayward and Al Horford, but that the Celtics now have made their big move. They are now title contenders. Are they going to be able to actually be one, or are they going to flounder out in an Eastern Conference that, again, has LeBron James and a bunch of close G League teams? Yeah, to me the I, I'm just just to pick another team, not to you know consistently mention the Pelicans or Celtics, but a team <laughs> I think, is it the Thunder? They no, got, they have to prove something. The Thunder have to prove something. I don't, I don't, I don't want to pick the Thunder because we've <laughs> talked about the Thunder so much. Obviously they do, but I'm hoping maybe Charlie mentions the Thunder to me because I mentioned them all the time. But a team to me that I really think needs to prove it are the Blazers because they have two star guards. Uh, Nurkic was absolutely outstanding in March before he got hurt, and they made, he made them look really good, and he got them into the playoffs. Damian Lillard, I think, is an underrated player in this league. I agree, but the thing is, they need to they need to figure out what what they've got with this roster and how far they can go, because this is kind of the year where they need to figure out: is this a team worth continuing, or do we need to trade one of the players? Do we need to figure something out? Because as of right now, what they've got is they've got a really electric offense that is really soft. And I thought that Nurkic added some some power to it and some girth and some muscle and some intimidation to it. But the thing is that we need to see him not be consistently injured and see what he does this season. And I think he's the key for the Blazers. And and McCollum and Lillard need to refine their games. Yeah, become, they need to get better defensively. They need to become better defensively but also more efficient scorers. Like I think the problem is that they're both great individual talents, but they're both players that really need the ball in their hands and they need to pound that rock to create their own offense. And I think that can cause their offense to be stagnant when, in reality, I think the best NBA teams are ones like the Warriors and even the Cavs or something like that that, that move the ball around a lot. And one through five are offensive threats, and one through five can help you on defense. And, and the Trailblazers aren't there yet. So while I think Damian Lillard is an underrated point guard, I would act, arguably put him in the top five in the league. I think that the Trailblazers, as they are now, are not making the playoffs. And if... Honestly, wow. if they can't if they can't improve this team, Damian Lillard should find a new team to play for. Even with Nurkic on, you don't think that the Blazers are a playoff team? Uh, no, I don't. I think that's not. And if they were in the East, they would be. But I think, as Charlie said earlier, the West is so stacked that 
playoff that teams that would have been a fifth seed six years ago won't even make the playoffs this year. That's how overstacked they are. And I mean, we're not going to really have time to touch into it, but that's another reason they changed the all-star game to it not being West versus East for that exact reason is that the West has an overwhelming amount of all-stars on its roster when the East has substantially less. And this is a problem. I don't know how the NBA will change it, but if you're a team like the Trailblazers and you know you can't compete, then you either bottom out and you try to find that generational player. Easier said than done. Very low chance. But quite frankly, it's not easy to win an NBA championship. Totally agree. So, Charlie, what's your team that you think needs has the most to prove this year? Okay. Other than Celtics, Pelicans, or Blazers? I'm going to quickly uh, give my team. I think it's going to be the Clippers because they, okay. they gave Blake Griffin the third biggest contract in NBA history. He's now the leader of this team. It's not Chris Paul. It's now Blake Griffin. They still have DeAndre Jordan. They just re- they just signed Danilo Gallinari. They got Patrick Beverly. All these guys from the Rockets trade with for Chris Paul. Also Lou Williams. Lou Williams. They got they have a they have a nice bench uh, ready. To, yeah, ready they to have go. a lot of pieces. That's another team I forgot to mention that I think will make the playoffs over the Pelicans. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> okay. Because we got to wrap we got to wrap All up right. the podcast. But anyway, uh, Blake Griffin's got to prove it as a leader, and he's got to prove to the to L. A. Now that they have Lonzo Ball on the Lakers. That the Clippers are still relevant. Over under fifty five games for Griffin in the season, just like playing. You know? Yeah, I know because uh, he's very injury prone. I'd, I'd I'd say I'd say this year he he gets over fifty five games. And and you think if they don't play well this year, they need to blow it up? Um, I don't think they should. I think that that you you already invested so much money in Griffin. You still have DeAndre Jordan. I think you just keep going with those those two guys and then keep building around them. Okay, all Damian right, thanks, Charlie. So, for this edition of the 2017 Pick and Pod, my name is Mira Gori, hosted by Reed Horner as well, and produced by Charlie Maizano. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. This is our first edition. Next week, we'll be on again. Thanks so much.